from the point of creation throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament. The picture, the portrait that we have of Jesus is Jesus as God. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. You are never more like God than when you give. We are to be givers because he gave. Now, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to give this Christmas season. But I want to challenge you. Make your number one priority in giving. Giving to the Lord. Say, how do I do that? Well, there are many ways. I believe, and we teach here scripturally, that the Bible teaches the first way is through obedience to your giving, sacrificial giving to the local church. And and so our budget, our ability to turn lights on, to play videos, to to do the things that we do is because people like you give to what we call our our regular budget offering, our, our general fund. We believe that's the starting point for your giving in your life. But even in our church, there are other ways. This is a season where missions is on our mind. We think about the missionaries all around the world that have the opportunity to explain why they celebrate Christmas and what the Christmas story means. So, you know, as God blesses you, as you have abundance this Christmas season, you can give just straight to our unified missions offering, and you'll know that it goes to support missions around the world. We've even given you some creative ways, and we've decided that beginning this year, everything that is benefited, all of the profit that goes uh, to our devotion from our devotionals will go to support pastor training around the world. So I, I just came back from training about 300 church leaders in Nigeria. Earlier in the year, we were in Turkey and we did this with Iranians. We do this a couple or three times a year. And so these cost $15. It's brand new. 52 pastors from around the country contributed. It's a 52 week devotional. We've done this for 10 years. But every bit of the profit from this will go to support that pastor training. So you can give a gift and also know that you're giving to missions. There's other ways. Out in the hallways, you see these little boxes. Do you know that every time this year, every time of the year, uh, we celebrate what God's doing in Haiti uh, through a partnership we have there with new missions? And by just filling one of these boxes, and we give you the instructions of, of what it means to fill this box, you can provide life-changing encouragement to a Haitian child. And, and you know what? Just like, I really believe this. Just like I said, you are always on God's mind. I really believe that Haiti is always on the devil's mind. Friends of mine that uh, love the nation of Haiti go back in its history to years ago when the government literally made a deal with the devil. And it seems like if there's something that goes wrong in our world, natural disasters, political chaos, it touches Haiti. That's a practical way you can make a difference. You can touch the world through your giving to Mission Hill Church, but also in other ways. There are other ways. Look for opportunities to give. But there's another reason these words are significant. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is giving. God is letting us know right there. That there are two aspects to these names that we're about to hear. You know what the two aspects are? 
divine and human. A child will be born in Mary's womb, but that same one is a son who's given by the heavenly father. Jesus is 100% God. He's 100% man. That's why these promises are so significant. They have the stamp of God. They speak to the who behind the why. So I want to just to say those names together again, and then we're going to spend a few minutes explaining them. First, let's say the first one. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's break these down. Jesus is our Wonderful Counselor. Now these speak, as I said, to both divinity and humanity. What is the divinity? That word wonderful literally means supernatural or miraculous. Jesus is wonderful. But what does he do in this wonderful or this supernatural way? What's the second word? He counsels us. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about all the ways that we seek out counsel. And by the way, I think that's a very wise thing to do. We have some counselors that do that professionally here in the room. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful for men and women that give their lives to help guide other folks along. But, but we may seek out financial counsel. Or we may seek out emotional counsel or, or marital or relational counsel, spiritual counsel, vocational or educational counsel. Think of all the different ways that we seek counsel. But when God promised to help us, he promised to help us in all these areas. He promised to give us counsel. He promises supernatural wisdom when we need it most. I want you to be bold for a second. Would any of you here ever raise your hand and identify that there have been times in your life where you needed otherworldly, godly, supernatural wisdom? Yeah, that's all of us. Well, guess what? This promise name points us to a promise verse in Scripture. Write down this reference, James chapter 1, verse 5. You know what it says? James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he writes in what is maybe my favorite book in the Bible. In verse 5 of chapter 1, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. So God promises that when we need supernatural wisdom, he's standing there ready to give it out. By the way, he doesn't say that about when you need an increase in your paycheck. Or he doesn't say that about when you've made a very poor decision and you need a do-over. He says that concerning counsel or, or wisdom. He is our wonderful counselor. But then it goes on to say he's our mighty God. And here the name of God is used explicitly. So we see his divinity. He is God. From the point of creation throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, the picture, the portrait that we have of Jesus is Jesus as God. It's important for me as a teacher for you to understand that if you trust and believe in the Bible as the Word of God, you have to believe that Jesus is God. There are cults and there are other religions that say that Jesus was a good man, that he was a moral man. 
but that he was not God. But I love the analogy of the great C.S. Lewis that if Jesus is not God, that means he's a liar or a lunatic because he claimed to be God. And so either he lied or he was crazy. And like some crazy people, he thought he was God. But we see here, he is God. And the focus in his divinity here is his strength. He is a mighty God. Now we're spoiled a little bit here because even as I look out today, we've got diversity from around the world. And we have that on our church staff. And I I love praying with with Pastor Zach because he gets so passionate. And and that's contagious, by the way. And and so when I'm around him, I, I pray more passionately. But, but though I know I've even said this when I've prayed and I've heard others pray, something about when I begin to hear uh, Pastor Zach close his prayers in this way, he would say, and in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. It's just a reminder that our God is a strong and a mighty God. And we see that on display in the gospel. It took a strong man to speak the truth who were, to people who were filled with lies. It took a strong man to speak to other men about their need to follow him and leave their fishing poles behind. It took a strong man to endure hatred even from his next door neighbors. It took a strong man to walk through the grief of losing a friend. And then because he was the strong God, he could raise him from the dead. It took a strong man to endure the cross and despise the shame for crimes he did not commit. And Jesus is our strong man who took that for us. And because Jesus was strong enough to take what the world handed to him, he's able to make us a practical promise. God promises to supernaturally handle whatever we encounter. So understand that deep within this promise is the reality. There will be things in your life you can't handle. Don't get that quote wrong. Don't say God won't give us anything more than we can handle. Yes, he will. He'll allow that to happen. There are going to be things you can't handle, but there's nothing he can't handle. That's why we need him. We let him handle it for us. There are times, even as I'm teaching my sons to become young men, there are times that even though I want them to have a responsibility, I have to say, hey, dad's going to take care of that. Let me handle that. Part of growing up is we learn when to say, you take care of that. Remember, your big God is bigger than your biggest problem. He is a mighty God, but he's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, and he's Jesus, our everlasting father. Now, let me first say, this is a challenge to some of us that are listening. Because in our culture today, we have a crisis of fatherhood. We've got a lot of AWOL dads. They're not taking that responsibility, that gift seriously, that challenge, that calling of fatherhood. So for some, the idea of God as a father is confusing at best and frightening at worst. I want to remind you that if that's you in that category, that one of the things the Bible says about God is that he's a father to the fatherless. Let me tell you what this does about the divinity. 
when it talks about him being the everlasting or the eternal father, it speaks to that reality again that Jesus was preexistent. Let me bust another one of the myths that some of you have holded on to. Jesus is not God Jr. who just decided to show up in Bethlehem. He was there from the beginning. He's the everlasting father. So now we're talking about Jesus, right? And so a little, sometimes we get confused because we say, why is it calling Jesus the everlasting father? Because he's three in one. It speaks to the Trinity. So again, when you have a cult or another religion that says, I don't see where the Bible speaks to the Trinity. This is one of those places. Say, pastor, explain that. No. I'm going to let God do that when we get to heaven. Every explanation I could give you, and I could point to Scripture and try to help us understand, but it, it would be short. But he's our everlasting Father. He's three in one. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But as in our other names, it speaks to his humanity. So what does that mean? It, it speaks to his presence. So even if your father was absent, he wants you to know that he is present. And in fact, he goes on to say, and in the original language, it's spread out so clearly. It says, I will never, no, never, not ever leave you or forsake you. He gives us his presence. He gives us compassionate companionship. And we'll all struggle with loneliness at some point in our life. But because he's my everlasting father, I have this confidence that though I may be lonely, I need never to be alone. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now... We continue with our message. God promises to show up supernaturally with compassion when we need him most. Are you trusting Jesus to show up in your life today? Or, or have you kind of come to a waiting point and you're, you've given up? Several weeks ago, some friends of mine and I went out, and Mike and Sharon, you guys too, um, we went to a park and we talked to a few folks and we did what I, I taught you last week. We just went up and said, hey, it's kind of crazy, but we're going around, we're praying for folks, can we pray for you? We did this a couple different folks and we, we ended up, I shared part of the story. We ended up talking to a lady and her husband who were there and they said, yeah, please pray for us. And most of all, just uh, pray, pray for my mom. She's, she's aging and she doesn't know the Lord. That's the short version. Yesterday, I got an email from her. She said, Pastor Paul, I got to tell you, God showed up. She said, I've been praying for my mom. When I went in to see her, one of the nurses said, your mom said she had a vision of Jesus. And he told her he, she needed to trust him. 
And she said she did. She said, when I went into the room, my mom was still in a holy awe. You could tell this shook her. And you could tell that God had shown up in her life. I want you to understand God promises to show up supernaturally with compassion when we need him most. But finally, he's not only our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father. Jesus is our prince of peace. The final time, two descriptors. First, he's a prince. What does that speak to? Yeah, he's royal. He is God. He's sovereign. Why is this important when it's tied to the other descriptor, peace? What robs us of peace? Remember, things happen in our mind that catch us off guard. What catches God off guard? Nothing, because he's the sovereign king of kings, the Lord of lords, the prince of priests, the ruler of all that is. And so God promises to calm our nerves with one simple request. So these are promised names that point to promises in Scripture. Earlier this week, I was in a restaurant in Orlando with a pastor friend. We sat down, and our our waitress came up. She had a tattoo on her arm right here. She was pouring the water. It said, saved by grace, and it had a a cross. And I said, hey, I'm trying to be hip and talk like the youngsters do. So I said, uh, hey, that's a cool tat. I said, what does that mean to you? And she teared up. And she said, it means everything to me. I just smiled and I said, so are you a follower of Christ? She said, yeah. I said, when did that start? I said, about two years ago. I had a life-changing experience. I said, well, me and my buddy here, we follow Jesus too. Didn't tell her we're pastors. And... uh she said, yeah. She said, they kind of messed up the tattoo. So most people think it says javed by grace. And I really have trouble understanding it. <laughs> I said, no, I recognized it. So I said, hey, we're going to pray for our meal in just a minute. Is there anything going on in your life we can pray for you for? And she said, yeah, I, I'm really anxious right now. I said, hey, we're going to pray. Do you have a minute? And she said, I'm going to get in trouble if I stay here. I got to run. I'll come back. And so I said, well, we'll go ahead and pray. And so we prayed for her. We called her name. We prayed for her anxiety. When she came back, I want you to hear what I told her. I said, listen, called her name. And I said, this Jesus that you've fallen, he promises this in the Bible. These are verses from scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. That's your request. Make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I said, I want you to understand something. Call her name. God promises to give you peace if you just ask him. That's true for her. It's true for you. Some of us need to walk out with this simple commitment today. I've got to worry less and pray more. Worry less, pray more. Prayer moves our focus from self to God. And it changes our function from worry to worship. But hey, I want to remind you something as we ramp down here. In order to have that peace, 
I first got to have peace with God. And the only way I have peace with God is through Jesus and beginning that relationship with him. When I have the peace of God, I can have peace from God that gives me peace with God. And those are some promised names, aren't they? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're promised otherworldly wisdom, supernatural strength, abiding love, and persistent peace. That's like being a superhero. God gives us that in Jesus. But I want you to see the last verse that we read. Look again at verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. See, this verse tells us the what and the how. We learned the why and the who. The why is because our world's in such need. We are in such need. The who is Jesus. This is the what and the how. The what is what this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, this everlasting father and prince of peace will do. He will establish and uphold his rule. He will keep his promises. He will stay on his throne. He will not leave us. We will not be alone. He is with us. He's all we need. And what this is speaking to is the reality that throughout history, mankind has tried to look to government to meet their needs. And he is saying, hear me once and for all. I will control all the governments. Just depend on me. The depravity of man has caused humanity to fail. But Jesus promises a rule that never, ever fails. And how amazing that is. The Christ of the galaxies, as Max Lucado says, is the Christ of your Mondays. The star maker manages your travel schedule. Relax. You have a friend in high places. Does the child of Arnold Schwarzenegger worry about tight-lidded pickle jars? Does the son of Nike founder Phil Knight sweat a broken shoestring? If the daughter of Bill Gates can't turn on her computer, does she panic? No, nor should you. The universe's commander-in-chief knows your name. He's walked your streets. And how will he do it? (laughs) Oh, this is good. How will he do it? With everything he's got. We memorize verse 6, but verse 7, that last phrase gives us the punch because it tells us the how. God gives us his everything. He gives you all he's got to keep his promises to you. The full weight of his name, his zeal, his passion is available to you. So the question becomes... Are you available to him? What are you doing to keep your promises to him? Oh, Jesus, our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, our prince of peace, the promise 
keeper. May we keep our promises. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.